The globalists thought they'd defeat our country. They've only awakened the sleeping giant. Burn in hell, Joe Biden. Burn in hell, Bill Gates. Fauci. They threw in one at the end, Fauci. And uh, Fauci, too. I forgot Fauci. (laughs) Throw him in, too. If you're going to burn people in hell. And as the always colorful Alex Jones announcing the awakening of sleeping giants we, in Arizona. We have breaking news, I think. Nobody has called it except for Decision News Desk HQ, which you probably have never heard of, and I hadn't either. Sounds in, made up. Until yesterday. <clears throat> but somebody I respect says that's the website they go to for uh, honest calling of races. They have announced that it's over. Well, here's why. Everybody is announcing that Biden has taken the lead in Pennsylvania and Georgia. He was already ahead in Arizona and Nevada. He doesn't need those, though. Really? Everywhere but North Carolina. Yeah, and and they're counting more votes, but they're in areas where, one, they were mail-in votes, which lean heavily Biden, and two, they're areas that are heavily Democratic. There's no chance that... Donald Trump's going to start making up ground at this point in Pennsylvania and Georgia. It is over. I'm frankly surprised that nobody has called it. It's an overreaction to an overreaction, I think. From years ago when they would call it too early, I think they're being way too careful. But there's no harm in being waiting. No harm. But it's sure. it's clearly over. Yeah. So uh, all of the conversations, well, a lot of the conversations I thought we were going to have today, like, you know, playing part of Trump's speech yesterday and the way people reacted to it and should a president act like this and blah, blah, blah. And, and with this, I don't think it's going to matter. Um, it's over. No. We have made it infinitely clear, if you're just tuning in, that the country needs to take a serious look at the way we run voting. I understand the Constitution gives it to the states to run the votes. I think we all need to put our heads together and decide whether federal elections ought to have federal standards, even if they're voluntary. I mean, there there are a thousand examples of how the federal government says, yeah, yeah, we got this standard for you, whether it's motorcycle helmets or speed limits or whatever, and says, and if you want your fu- highway funding, eh, why don't you come along with us? And uh, it, it's not compulsory, but they dangle money or, or yank it away. Uh, we can't have states legalizing vote harvesting like California with weird, haphazard rules arbitrarily changed by governors at the last minute like Pennsylvania. we got to get our act together, people. You know, I get the feeling that I, or maybe a lot of us, have a greater faith in the structure of our country and the, and the solidness of the Constitution, and, and even with all our decaying institutions, our institutions, that we have more faith in it than a lot of people do. So President Trump comes out yesterday and gives a speech and uh, says there's all kinds of fraud and still in the election and I won and that sort of stuff. Even Fox said, well, you got to start presenting proof of that here pretty soon if you're going to make those kind of claims. Yeah. But like NBC, ABC, CBS, a lot of people uh, bailed on the president's speech saying that he is uh, spreading disinformation in an attempt to steal the presidency. Stephen Colbert and Stephen Colbert cried last night talking about the speech. Jimmy Kimmel got so worked up he was vibrating, saying the president needs to be arrested. And and oh, for goodness sake! And for whatever reason, I just think this will work out fine. They've believed if, their own rhetoric. I, I well, for whatever reason, I believe in the structure of our institutions. I just I think it'll work out fine. I think we got enough solid institutions, lawyers. People that will do the right thing, it'll get figured out. Yeah. And uh, if there was so much vote stealing that Pennsylvania actually went the other direction, that will be figured out. There's nowhere close to the evidence that that 
happen on a systemic level. I would also point out, back to my previous point, that if it's impossible to figure it out, there will be reforms to make it possible in the future. And, you know, one point I heard from the left, because a lot of y'all, and we love you, and we appreciate you listening, a lot of folks on the right are crazed with anger that the election's been stolen, because the president and on down are saying that. You know, one interesting point I heard made by a lefty was, we're pretty bad at fa- at uh, fixing elections because we didn't take the Senate and we lost quite a few seats in the House. So, it's it's going to be okay. That's a good argument right there. Yeah, it, it's decent at least. Um you know, my criticism of, of Donald J and that speech last night was the same criticism I've made of made toward him many times. It was ineffective. I'm not clutching my pearls or flapping my hands or fearing that there's going to be revolution in the streets. There could be some ugliness, and I don't want it. It's, it's terrible. But the, the country's not going to fall apart. Um, but if he had a serious case to make, I don't think he made it very well. Well, you know, including, you know, offering up solid evidence and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, explaining Donald J. Trump at this point is probably unnecessary. So, um, oh, we do need to mention this. The Michigan attorney general is pleading with the public. Stop telling my staff to shove Sharpies up their butts. Apparently, they're getting a lot of abusive phone calls. And for some reason, uh, the the insertion of Sharpies is a frequent suggestion. That is actually the words of the Michigan Attorney General. They got like 98% in, 99% in in some of these states, and Biden's got the lead, and everybody knows that the way, like we just said, it's un- beyond unlikely that Trump's going to catch up. I'm surprised they haven't called it. But anyway, um, uh, this is the first time we've had divided government in a long time, in over 30 years. And so we we don't remember what it looks like when somebody doesn't roll in, when a president takes office, that we this we don't remember what it looks like when somebody rolls in as a president and they can't just ram through some giant changes. There's not going to be any major things happen that you don't like. Can't happen. No, if, except assuming in the Re- regulatory state. Assuming Republicans hold on to the Senate, which is an assumption at this point. We don't know that. It's a likelihood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, though the regulatory stuff is for real, and that uh, that bothers me, but... You know, the whole uh, Trump rolls in and has the Senate in the House. Obama rolls in, has the Senate in the House. Bush rolls so, so you can just do all something huge in your first year. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. exactly. I'm all for it. Eh, boy, uh, totally uh, off the topic. And this is hopeful. And we thank uh, Julie from Texas for sending this in. Uh, she writes, hopefully this is the beginning of the end for the bloated higher education scam and the radicalization of young women by insane professors. It's as if I wrote it, Julie. Well done. Uh, she points out that, and this is from the the Bowtie Economist, um, overall undergrad populations shrank 4% this fall. Um, compared to 1.1% last year, freshman counts declined by a whopping 16.1%. That is whopping. Compared to 0.4% in 2019, overall male enrollment slid uh, 6.4%, 18.1% for freshmen. Uh, for gals, fell 2.2 or 14.6 for freshmen. A graduate uh, school enrollment rose, um, which is interesting. I wonder if it's people who are thinking they couldn't get a gig so they'd stay in school. Uh, COVID-19 is forcing a rethink on largely resistant higher education institutions. That is interesting. I also um, 
Well, it's going to take a long time to turn the uh, the attitude around, the culture around from clearly this is the best idea for anybody. Right. Is to go to college and get a degree too. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, there uh, there was some uh, a communist professor, and I'm not like casting an aspersion. He's a communist. He's proud of it. Um, from a major American university, tweeting some just horrific garbage. And he's in charge of indoctrinating your children, and you're probably paying dearly for the right. And the idea that he and people like him are sustained and financed by a never-ending Mississippi River of cash from government-backed loans in a society where clearly, and Obama pushed this hard, everybody needs to get a degree. In the new information society, everybody needs to have a college degree for the future, blah, 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 blah. And it's churning out hundreds of thousands of youngsters in with uh, degrees in uh, uh, lesbian Eskimo uh, theory. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, that's going to help you in the information economy? What now? I mean, it's... If you look at it with a shred of logic, it's it's a clown show. Not only is it not like sane and and sustainable, it's bizarre. It's 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 just indefensible. I would like And to. if the COVID just causes a little more scrutiny of that, yes, please. Aside from specifics, obviously, like, you know, some of your science math stuff that you go to school for. Uh I hope that it like becomes a thing culturally to just you know, it's a hobby, and you get it online. Like, I'm super into Russian literature, for instance, or World War II history or whatever. I've read so many books, taken in so many lectures. Just tons of them. I didn't, I didn't spend a cent on it, though. Not a cent. I have, I have no debt to, to have learned any of those things that are kind of a hobby of mine, which is a lot of degrees that are out there. It sounds like a hobby to me, something you're kind of interested in. So spend four years living in a five-star hotel at great expense for you or your mom and dad and... And then you come and, out more indoctrinated in Marxism than what you're there to study. Hey, Sean, how about Mr. Highfalutin over there with his Russian literature? Read books in other languages. Me and Sean. No, I, I don't read books in other languages. <laughs> I read them in English. Me and Sean, we get together and uh, we look at shiny objects on the weekend. Some little oh. man, he had a really shiny one. We last find shiny weekend. objects and we're like, would this make a good fishing lure? <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you think we'll get there in like 20 years where the idea of why would you go to a university? To become a lit major. What's, what can't you get online f- for all of that? What's sad to me is I'm a great fan of a liberal arts education. I am too. I got one. I think it's a great thing. But it's become so perverted by the culture of our universities that it isn't what it was. You've pointed this out. You try to go get a history degree or take a history class. It's history of lesbian Eskimos, history of white people being mean, history. It's all woke. You try to take a, a lit class. It's all why Shakespeare was a racist, why Dostoevsky, uh, you know, whatever, was mean to women, especially lesbian Eskimo women. Really, they've been taking it on their chin for too long. The thing you can't get is a degree, but that is increasingly less valuable as they've kind of flooded the market with them and uh, kind of the points Joe's making. They don't really... The, the number of friends I have who have jobs that have nothing to do with their degrees is practically all of them. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Man. I have this first person from employers. Uh, it's gone from... You see that somebody has an undergrad degree, and for all of my life... The uh, the assumed reaction of that is, okay, here's somebody who engaged in something, excuse me, long-term, uh, difficult, 
They accomplished it. They know a fair amount about a bunch of different topics. So, you know, they, they've at least proved that they can handle the load of a college education. None of those things you just said are true now. Right. It, <laughs> now it's become, and again, I have this straight from employers' mouths. Now it's, oh, God, I wonder what sort of bizarre attitudes they're going to bring into the workplace. I mean, seriously. Well, and we've we've talked about the studies that show people don't know more coming out than they knew going in. Right. So, <laughs> so well, that. they're sadder, but they know that they just got ripped off to the tune of several hundred thousand dollars. Biden is president, according to at least one news organization. I think it's clearly over. Um, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. I will totally accept the results of this great and historic presidential election if I win. So we all knew he would do this. Okay there, buddy? Really? What I didn't know is that it would hurt so much. I didn't expect this to break my heart. For him to cast a dark shadow on our most sacred right from the briefing room in the White House, our house, not his, that is devastating. Boy, I care about the country a lot. Oh, yeah. And I just, Rabidly. I, I can't imagine what would make me break down like that. It's he is like a little baby. It certainly wouldn't be a president shooting off their mouth when there's no indication whatsoever that even if he meant what he was saying, he could pull it off. Yeah. Hey, Stephen, a couple of things. N- number one, it would appear he got tossed out on his ear by the voters. Number two, any allegations of vote fraud or whatever are going to be looked into very, very thoroughly. And they should they should be. And you ought to be in favor of it. I think you ought to be in a like a, maybe in the care of a doctor. Yeah, no kidding. That's a weird reaction to to, to Trump's speech yesterday. Have you not <laughs> seen him before? Jeez, lighten up, dude. I mean, you know, you hate to laugh at somebody, a grown man who's crying, but that's a that's a. I'd be troubled if my kids reacted that way. It'll be fine, and it will be fine, and it is fine. By the way, uh, one organization has called. Georgia and well, Pennsylvania specifically for Biden, but Biden is president, according to one organization. For whatever reason, ABC, CBS, <laughs> NBC, everybody is saying Biden now leads in Georgia and Philadelphia in addition to the other states. Well, they've made an editorial decision. Just let them finish counting votes. That's fine. Yeah. I, you know, There's no hurry, but yeah. there's no chance that Trump's going to make up ground as you continue to open mail-in ballots in urban areas. Right. So it's over. And and to the extent that people are completely is, convinced... Go ahead. Which is kind of what I thought was going to happen when Trump was speaking yesterday, so I didn't break down weeping right. like Stephen Colbert did. That's, well, whatever. Well, and listen, uh, the Twitter, which is a cesspool of extreme you know statements, uh, to the extent that the people who believe all of it are going to like create violence in the streets from the right, um, you're going to see a phalanx of serious people on the right. And not your never-Trump intellectual class, but you know the people you admire. They're going to come out and say, hey, listen, we will 
look into any allegations of vote fraud. We'll get to the bottom of this. We're going to reform this thing, but we think Biden won. You're going to see that, and America is going to be okay. It's not like when the left is disappointed and they burn down your city. How much time have I got, Michael? Uh, One minute. Okay, I'll do this because then we could talk uh, something else. But um, on a conference call held by members of the Democratic caucus yesterday and then leaked to the press, one representative, a moderate from Virginia, cut to the chase. This is the Democrats uh, taking licking their wounds. Tuesday, from a congressional standpoint, it was a failure. It was not a success. We lost members we shouldn't have lost. She blamed the defeats on the Democratic Party's progressive fringe. If we don't mean to fund the police, we shouldn't say it, she implored her fellow House Democrats. And we need not to trot ever and never uh, use the word socialist or socialism ever again. If we are classifying Tuesday as a success from a congressional standpoint, we're going to get effing torn apart in 2022, she said. Yeah, which was responded to with rage by the squad and that sort of person. Both parties need to figure out the fringe on Twitter is not your crowd. It's not actually anybody's crowd. It's certainly not voters. No, no, by any means. Uh, Lots of stuff, other, other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The British government has announced that everyone in the city of Liverpool will be tested for the coronavirus as part of a new trial program. They'll be tested for four different strains, the smart one, the cute one, the funny one, and the quiet one. I'm assuming something has happened in the last 60 years in Liverpool, too, right? (laughs) Wow. Wow. That reminds me, yeah, I need to look into the couple of different strains of coronavirus out there that they're they're worried about. Some, uh, what do you call it when they change? Uh, mutations, mutations, uh, new yeah. strain, yeah. yeah. Some mm-hmm. new mutation news out there, which oh, is the scariest thing that could happen with COVID. Super. That's what happened with the flu of nineteen eighteen. It came back with a different strain that they couldn't stop. Yeah, I've just been so cheerful. I was hoping something negative ha- would happen. Do, 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 oh, happy hundred sixtieth uh, anniversary of your election to the presidency, uh, Abraham Lincoln. It was on today's date, Jack, which is not surprising given that there are only seven possible dates for the first Tuesday in November. And he won with like 39% of the vote or something, right? Yep, yep. Big old three-way race. So The Democrats then is now sharply divided. More on that to come. I don't know if we have the legal ability to do to make a call. Can we make a call? We've make been, a call? We've been quoting everybody else. Why would we quote anybody else? We'll just make a call ourselves. Yes. The Armstrong and Getty Show has called it. Do we have a sounder? The decision desk. Let's go the to des- the decision desk. We've gone to the decision desk, which is very similar to this desk. Some sort of, there you go. It's actually, it was, uh, we bought it at a yard sale. It was one of those uh, seat and desk in one that uh, you sat in at high school. That is our decision desk. Uh, Biden will win Pennsylvania. And Georgia, and therefore is going to be the next president of the United States. One news organization has called it, but you've never heard of them, Decision Desk HQ, but they're right, because Biden is ahead in those states and there's no catching up. I believe that's the guy from Georgia Live, the Secretary of State, who is a Republican. But uh, anywho, so I think it's over there. Back to the COVID. Anybody? I, perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. You. 
Off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Oh, well, uh, wow. <laughs> it's a little uh, political theater courtesy of Michelangelo in the control room. We'll Thank talk, you for that, Michael. We'll talk more about it later because we've been talking a lot of politics, but it's uh, it's interesting. Trump And Trump barely lost. I mean, it's so close, so many places. But... And, and the political quote of the day was not from the president's controversial speech, but from Nancy Pelosi. We'll get to that. So COVID stuff, we had a record that we set just 10 days ago at 90,000 cases. Then we set a record on, was it Tuesday, at 105,000 cases, and then another record yesterday at 116,000 cases. Now, I have been the one always throwing in the, but we don't know how much we're testing. Well, if you go back to the record in July, for instance, I'm sure we're testing a hell of a lot more than we were testing in July. Sure. But we're not testing a hell of a lot more than we were 10 days ago or Tuesday. So those increases have to be real. And um, what we mentioned earlier, sent along by Joe and Dayton, uh, in that uh, metropolitan area, testing has increased by 44%. Cases have increased by 280%. So, number one, how lovely that journalists would actually include both of those numbers. Number two, it's clearly a problem. But keep this in mind. This is huge, and this should be reported, too. Uh the, the highest single day back in the summer was 76,000 cases in July. We now have 116,000 cases yesterday as a record. That's a huge increase. We're still not close to the hospitalization numbers of July, though. How interesting. So, young people. We're, we're catching a lot of people that are getting sick, and they aren't ending up in the hospital or dying mm-hmm. at the same rate that they were yeah, before. Y- younger cases... Uh, better therapies. Okay, that, that that's a perfectly logical explanation, and I think that is actually true. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you include that in any news story? Doesn't get when clicks. you breathlessly say another mm-hmm. record today, like like we're just you know stacking up bodies all over the place. We're not right now. Right. Deaths are on the increase still. It's still climbing, and we're at over a thousand a day. And you know, obviously, you have a thousand a day for thirty days, and you got another thirty thousand people that have died. That's that's not a good thing. No. No, it's awful. But uh, merely the existence of cases is not a holy crap, it's all over situation. In well, fact, that might be the only way we get out of this thing. I don't know. And unless you can tell me there's a 100% chance we're going to have an effective vaccine and or a, a, a you know home run of a therapy within 30 days, the idea of clamping down and crushing the economy again, you cannot justify it. I mean, Europe's proof of that. Oh, Europe, who's handled it so well. They've had giant resurgences now. And they're having to shut down again. We either, unless, again, unless you told me that on, say, January 1, we're going to have this thing licked. Then I'd say, okay, I tell you what, let's save some people. We'll all take a month's vacation, or I guess it'd be like a month and a half at this point. Um, we'll all relax. Uh, restaurants, here's here's some federal money, and, and we'll we'll all get started on January then I'd say, okay, let's shut it down for a while to save some lives. But that's not going to happen. We have to learn to live with it and continue to function as an economy. It's self-evident. Uh, but so many people are influenced by the media, and the media is about clicks and about scaring you. They suck. Boo. Anyway. So, I, so I can't get away from the politics. I really enjoyed this conversation yesterday. I was listening to a couple of my favorite pundits who actually have a bet. 
One saying, if Trump runs again, he'll absolutely win the nomination of the Republican Party. And the other saying, no way he wins the nomination of the Republican Party. <laughs> Which side of that are you on? I'm on the side of no way he doesn't get the nomination. The way the primary prop process works, you just have to get you know the plurality each state. You saw the rallies. He got 70 million votes. No way he doesn't get the nomination among just Republican voters. I don't believe he will run again. I don't I think, think the he question will is moot. Well, well, that's a good way to get out of a bet. So are we, we're assuming that if he runs again, yeah. he would get the nomination or not. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm going to try to get out of it again. i got to noodle that through. I can't imagine him not getting it. I'd take the other side of that bet in a heartbeat. You don't think he would get the nomination? No, not a chance. Really? I think when the dust Among settles... Among Republicans where he's got a 99% approval, like a higher approval rating in his own party than Ronald Reagan had. I've said this before, but Part, I believe the Republicans have some really strong potential candidates out there. I mean, really, really strong. And people will think Trump, for all of his uh, qualities and all the great things he did, they'll think, wow, I can either have you know Tom Cotton and Nikki Haley... Or, you know, uh, or who's the other one I've been, uh, uh, Tim Scott and Nikki Haley or something like that. Or we can have the stress of Trump again. I'm thinking a lot of Republicans are going to say, let's let's go a little more conventional. And yes, he can run again. We've had that question a number of times on the text line. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, who was who president twice separated by someone else? Arthur or uh, McKinley? J.Q. Or? Adams, wasn't he? No. Garfield? No. That's right. J.Q. was a one-termer. Yeah, it was one of your obscure, like Cleveland or one of those guys. Cleveland. <laughs> How old would Trump be when he in twenty twenty four? Damned old, about Biden's age. Yeah, he'd be, which is crazy. So he'd be so old he couldn't possibly run. That's what everybody keeps saying. He'd be the same age as the guy who just won today. <laughs> I tell you what, I would take the bet. Does Biden finish his term? No way. Two years in a day, if he's still alive, he announces, you know, I got the dementia, and he resigns because that would permit. In theory, uh, Kamala Harris to serve out the rest of the term and serve two more terms. America, <laughs> once they get a load of her, would not elect her dog catcher, as the old saying goes. So that'll never happen. But that is my bet. Two years and a day, man. Mark it on your calendar. We're marking your words a lot today. Yeah. Stephen Grover Cleveland was the 22nd and 24th president of the United States. Inventor of the Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Not no, Very few people. Um, Troubling. So anyway, there's that's that. So the the infighting among the Democrats is delicious to me. I'm enjoying it very much. We can describe that for you. Oh, hey, during these fevered times, I just want to get this on to get this on. Um, give me uh, give me clip number twenty. Oh, I'm sorry, that was the wrong one. Uh, clip number twenty nine, please, Sean. I'm Chris Peterson, and I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in the final days of campaigning against each other to be your next governor. And while I think you should vote for me... Yeah, but but really you should vote for me. There are some things we both agree on. We can debate issues without degrading each other's character. We can disagree without hating each other. And win or lose in Utah, we work together. So let's show the country that there's a better way. My name's Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. And we we approve approve this message. But which one of you is Hitler? How... How Utah is that? Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that something? Of course, it's a lot easier to pull off in a state where everybody's 
mostly the same race, religion, economic level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It makes it easier. Oh, yes, it does. But it's a nice example. Why why were you and your cynicism? Listen to you. No, I'm pro. That should be closer to what it is most of the time. Yeah. The fact that it's not as crazy. But again, which one of them is Hitler? I'm completely mystified on this. Yeah, which one of them will usher Nazi Germany? In which way is bo- are both of you Hitler? <laughs> which one of them's a gang rapist? No, no, one, yeah. one's Hitler, the other's Stalin. That's, That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which one is taking orders from the Kremlin? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I have disturbing evidence. It is classified that the one guy is a stooge of Vlad Putin. Is Adam Schiff dead, by the way? I haven't seen his ugly <laughs> mug on TV. I assume he won re-election. But, um, oh, Lord. We got other stuff to come, and we're going to talk to Lon He Chen a little bit later. He's always good, to, to, boy, especially on a presidential election week, which I yeah. maybe by the time we have him on, major news outlets will have called the election for Joe Biden. It's yeah, they're just, doing everything but that. It's just a matter of moments. Yeah. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. I had that experience countless times on the trail where if I would say, hey, I'm running for president to a truck driver, retail worker, a waitress in a diner, and they would say, what party? And I'd say Democrat, and they would flinch, like I'd said something really negative or I just like I'd like turn another color or something like that. Uh, and there's something deeply wrong when working class Americans have that response uh, to yeah. a major party that theoretically is supposed to be fighting for them. So you have to ask yourself, what has the Democratic Party been standing for in their minds? And in their minds, the Democratic Party, unfortunately, has taken on this role of the coastal urban elites who are more concerned about policing various cultural issues than improving their way of life that has been declining for years. And so if you're in that situation, this to me is a fundamental problem for the Democratic Party, because they if they don't figure this out, then this polarization and division will get worse, not better. That might be the best analysis I've heard from Andrew Yang. And that is how Donald Trump won and almost won this time. Yeah, I, I don't know. Follow Twitter if you want. Go ahead. I want Republicans to win. Go ahead and follow the Twitter crowd and believe that having your pronouns after your name is the way to get uh, Democrats to vote for you. <laughs> it's not. It is on Twitter, but it's not in the real world. The truck driver and the waitress he talked about, they don't even know what you're talking about with the whole pronoun thing, let alone a whole bunch of other issues. Defund the police. What are you talking about? That's crazy. Right. Right, exactly. And and I want to get into that more a little bit because there's amazing infighting going on in the Democratic Party, which I'm enjoying. Uh, but I thought I'd give you a quick scan of our email before we do that. Uh, oh, by the way, it's over. Uh, yeah, Biden's going to be the president. Uh, hopefully Republicans have uh, kept the Senate. Rich uh, says that he wants to uh, go on in that vein. Uh, but re- oh, here's the stuff I really wanted to bring to you. Um, let's see. Uh, are you guys incapable of criticizing Trump? The speech last night was outrageous. It was horrible. Then this, uh, touting Trump loss, who bought you two bitches? Well, I haven't gotten the check yet if somebody bought us, so that's what's, exciting. What's the definition of touting? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Mentioning? <laughs> I mean, is it? Oh, please. 
I, I was reminded last he, night. If he of lost, why you am I not supposed to mention it? Attempt to sell something, typically by pestering people in an aggressive or bold manner. Yeah, we're to trying to doubt. lay the. We're trying to spread the narrative. Well, that Trump it's, lost. It's the biggest headline of the day. We are going to have a nif- different president on January twentieth. Uh, and and again, if you have bought us off, the check has not arrived. So please look into it. It's not the result I wanted, all right? I think I've made that very clear. Don't argue with lunatics. But Pennsylvania (laughs) is gone and Georgia is gone, and I'm surprised the networks haven't called it yet. You may have heard, perhaps on this show, of the uh, Democratic Party strategizing call, conference call that happened yesterday, I believe, in which uh, Rep. Abigail Spanberger who narrowly leads her re-election bid in Virginia, she's like a moderate Democrat, was heatedly haranguing her her colleagues, saying, for instance, we need to not ever use the word socialist or socialism ever again. We lost good members because of that. Before classifying Tuesday as a success, we will get effing torn apart in 2022. Stop saying and, and uh, stop saying we're going to defund the police if we're not. Um, just bashed the uh, the uh, the progressives. Other centrists, including Mark Vesey of Texas, uh, made a similar point. This gal, a Florida Democrat who suffered an unexpected loss, argued through tears that the party's infighting on Twitter needs to stop. Liberals, meanwhile, fired back. Some <laughs> far lefty from Washington State co-chairman of the Congressional Progressive Caucus argued that Democrats shouldn't single out people and ideas that energize the party base. Rashida Tlaib, self-described America hater, oh, I described her as that, uh, self-described Democratic Socialist, grew angry, accusing her colleagues of only being interested in appealing to, wait for it, white people in suburbia. To be real, it sounds like you were saying stop pushing for what black folks want, she said. That's fabulous. Now, Nancy Pelosi just said, we received a mandate. You lost 12 seats. <laughs> when the guy, when the guy on your, in your party won the presidency, you lost 12 seats. You turned, it appears, ass seat in the Senate. You have no majority there. And you almost lost to a guy who never had positive approval ratings. Not even once. If I was a Democrat, I would think... If we weren't running against the least popular president in, you know, 100 years or maybe ever, um, we would have just gotten our just killed yeah. on Tuesday. The only thing that saved us is the unpopularity of Donald Trump. If I was a Democrat, I'd be worried about that. I'd be, hey, wake up, everybody. We're not going to be running against Donald Trump next time. And we're just going to get killed unless something changes, which is fine with me. I would agree. Kurt Schrader, who's a uh, moderate Democrat from Oregon, member of the Blue Dog Coalition. Blue dogs are very rare, very rare. Democrats' messaging is terrible. It doesn't resonate, he said. When voters see the far left, it gets all the news media attention. They get scared. They're very afraid that this will become a super nanny state, and their ability to do things on their own is going to be taken away. That is correct, Kurt, and well said. But if you think the... uh, the real movers and shakers and donors, the small donors of the Democratic Party, are going to listen to you, Kurt Schrader, over the great sage, the oracle, the queen, AOC. Sorry, dude. You're the percentage be of the country that believes there are no genders and all that sort of stuff is so tiny. I mean, it's tiny. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's like every professor indoctrinating your child and half the school teachers, which is 
insidious. Yeah. yeah. It's like, please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. Hey, Breathless Bill, nobody wants to hear your crap. It's as if Twitter breathless. is now the entirety of our teaching core. Breathless Bill. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, last night, I made a mistake again this year uh, of letting the jack-o'-lanterns hang around too much. If you live in a cold <laughs> climate, you don't. I didn't know this growing up because you live somewhere cold, so your jack-o'-lanterns are always frozen, right? Yeah. You live somewhere where it's warm like I do. They turn to the most disgusting, smelly jelly like three days after you carve them, and if you They're don't a science experiment, and if you don't get them picked up and put in the trash like before it's too late, you can't pick them up. You go to pick them up, and they just dissolve into the worst disaster to clean up you've ever had in your you life. You need a shovel, yeah. Uh, and if it's inside, like it was last night, it was leaking <clears throat> down by our stove and stuff like that. It's just awful. First year in Corruptifornia, we carved jack o' lanterns as usual, like a week before Halloween. They were a mold-ridden, <laughs> oh. gelatinous nightmare. Oh, so gross! By the time uh, Halloween was there, and you try to pick it up carefully, like if I just oh, get it, and then it just your hands just dissolve inside no. it. It's yeah. so gross. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a rotting animal. It's disgusting. Uh, they haven't announced it yet, but it looks like Biden's going to win. Armstrong and Getty.